0: Rather than charge patients based on using a lot of drugs, how about tying costs and prices to outcomes and how patients do on these prescriptions? You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter at the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Eric Elliott. Mr. Elliott is president of Cigna Pharmacy Management. In this role, he leads all aspect of pharmacy management at Cigna, one of the nation's largest health insurance companies. He has several years of health insurance and pharmacy management experience, including stints at Aetna Inc. and leadership roles at both PCS Health Systems and Rite Aid Corporation. Mr. Elliott received his bachelor's degree in management and finance and an MBA degree with a focus in accounting and marketing from Temple University in Philadelphia. And he joins us today from Bloomfield, Connecticut, Eric Elliott, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you, Bruce. Well, it's great to have you here because drug costs are, are constantly a complaint of employers and workers, and I'm, and I'm sure you folks hear it from your clients trying to find ways to, to deal with this. So, so tell us a little bit about this new pharmacy management program that Cigna has and how it differs from what's out there today.
1: Sure, Bruce. And like you said, we constantly work with employers and and health payers to try and find a way to manage cost of not only prescription drugs, but the overall cost of health care. And so this particular program blends those two pieces together. It really takes a look at what we're paying for medications and ties them to adherence, first of all, on on a medication, because a medication can only be effective if it's being used. And secondly, ties that to an outcome, an actual improvement in in the lab results and, and health indicators of that we're going to achieve a better result for that individual.
0: And is it such that basically in the past, a lot of times utilization and such of prescriptions is based on volume? And so an employer might raise a copay if they see a drug being used quite frequently when there's something else out there. I mean, this is sort of a different way of looking at things, is it not?
1: I think that the, oftentimes a the copay, what an individual pays when they go to a pharmacy, is typically set by the type of medication it is, be it the generic or brand. And then even inside of a brand drug, they work to try and identify drugs that are preferred. And for us, that would be something that is a lower cost with the same efficacy attached to it. And that really drives the copay. What this tries to help us to do is kind of back away. Obviously, getting copay advantage for these particular medications, but then backing away from just the copay equation and saying, "What are we really trying to do with the medication?" We're trying to improve outcomes and help somebody reach, in this particular case, a1c level that indicates a better medical possibility. One of the key drivers to reaching that medical outcome, lower a1c, is adherence on the medication. So this. This program drives initial contracting with the manufacturer to achieve a very good discount for the program. And on top of that, as we drive adherence and help the members become adherent on the medication, further discount. As we drive the right medical outcome, further discount. So it aligns kind of what we're trying to accomplish for the individual alongside the employer or the payer, aligns that with support from a drug manufacturer that says, we know our drug will work, we know it will be effective and we want to set up a scenario where we can achieve the right outcome and the lowest price for the medication.
0: In this instance, if you can walk our listeners who are, tend to be a lot of physicians through this example, I mean, it involves Merck and their diabetes drugs, and if you could just uh, tell us a little bit about this.
1: Sure, again, the first component of the program is that these two drugs, Januvia and Janumet, are uh, Merck medications specifically targeted to the diabetes population. So, we identify these drugs as a preferred brand drug, meaning they're at the lowest copay possible for brand medications, removing financial issues to getting the medication. And then we run programs that look to try and enforce medication compliance. And we do it across this disease state, across the whole diabetic disease state, but we do it specifically to try and ensure that people are getting the medications on the prescribed therapy from the doctor.
0: And with diabetes, that's often a huge problem because they're, they tend to be on so many medications to begin with.
1: That's a great, great point, Bruce. I think, A, they're on a number of medication, and B, oftentimes the side effects from diabetes is not felt until the impact and the negative impact has been realized. And so the idea is to make sure that key in many maintenance medications, but specifically in diabetes, people need to be kept on the medication and counseled and what we call intrinsic coached to make sure that they understand it's not about how they feel that is an indicator of whether they have, are going to have troubles with diabetes or not. They have The medical markers that put them in a bad place, maintaining therapy on these drugs keep them in a better place, and we need to make sure we're not just treating a symptom, but we're treating really what the medical lab results would indicate.
0: Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune. And joining me today is Eric Elliott, who's president of Cigna Pharmacy Management. We're talking about an interesting program that Cigna has that physicians and their patients will probably be hearing more about, where basically, in this instance, Merck, which has some diabetes drugs has agreed to peg what Cigna wants for these drugs in an effort to get patients better treatment and better compliance. And if you could, Eric, walk us through a little bit. Have there been any measures? I know that you just announced this program recently, but any measures of things that you've seen already or things that you might be looking for?
1: Sure, Bruce. I think, A, this program specifically, we do, like you mentioned, we just put it in place. We certainly know what the indicators will be, so we're not now trying to figure out how to measure it. We know exactly how to measure it. But for an example, we run compliance programs for clients today. Set aside the manufacturer agreement with Mark, but we run programs with with clients today where we identify for them, if we put in adherence programs, programs that try and help members stay adherent on the medication, we've shown a 50% reduction in emergency room visits and hospitalization, and that results in about a, a healthcare cost decrease of about 24% related to diabetes when we can achieve the lower A1C targets that are part of this contract. So, we have evidence that adherence programs drive the right results in adherence, and that the adherence programs and improvements on adherence drive the right A1C levels and drive lower emergency room hospitalization costs. So we've got backbone to why we thought this particular deal made a lot of sense for certainly the individuals from staying compliant on the medications and achieving better outcomes to customers and clients that then are paying lower health-related costs because we're driving the right type of therapy and therapy compliance.
0: Now, I know that there's at least another health insurer that's been involved as well in doing a, a similar program with a different drug like osteoporosis. And I'm wondering, if how do you involve physicians in a program like this? Is it just having to deal with certain employers if they agree to buy into it? Are these all your clients that are doing this, or how how does that all work, and how does the physician play
1: a role? The physician plays a key role. Number one, the physician prescribes the therapy. The physician's meeting with the individual and understanding the lab results that come from, in this particular case, the A1C, the results that that give an indicator of the A1C levels. The physician writes a medication, and then oftentimes what that physician doesn't know, Bruce, is what is my individual doing to maintain their medication? What is the individual doing to stay compliant? And the A1C program or what this particular result, the test result shows is it's not, if you go into a, a physician's office later after I wrote a medication, I go into a physician's office, if I take my medications soon before I go to the physician, I can change my readings in terms of my blood sugar readings so that it looks, okay, I'm doing. you're doing a pretty good job. Well, the A1C, which is a longer-term test and evaluation of what you're doing To maintain the right blood sugar level is really the key indicator. And by us providing the physicians with indication of adherence, and that's part of this program, informing them, they have information that they wouldn't otherwise have relative to my individual just came in and took the medication the day before or two days before they came to see me. But what has happened over the last... 90 days, what has happened over the last six months relative to a medication possession ratio? That's an important piece that this program provides to the physician that they wouldn't otherwise have. And as I mentioned earlier, we run this program for Cigna's population, but in trying to tie this program in concert with a drug manufacturer allows us to really get another party involved with driving the right outcome.
0: And so would the drug company also be involved in the, the education of the physicians given their relationships with physicians?
1: Yeah, I mean, in this kin- scenario, Bruce, we feel the relationship that's most important is between the individual and the physician. And uh, relative to uh, drug manufacturer or, or Cigna, we think the right relationship is the one with Cigna and the physician. So although we'll use information on kind of educational information from Merck, the conversation and the interchange that's necessary to drive success here is not, does not involve the drug manufacturer directly.
0: Well, tell me about the future of programs like this. I mean, do you see this potentially working in other disease states? I know I don't want to necessarily give away proprietary information, but t- tell me about whether you think this, if you're working on something in another disease state, or if you think it could work in another area.
1: Number one, I, I do think that this type of program is not one that is, A, unique to this drug therapy or that it has to take this particular shape or this particular form. As we identified what we wanted to accomplish in this drug class, we had kind of four very clear potentials or four very clear components of what we thought would be a successful arrangement with the drug manufacturer, and we were able to accomplish that for this class with Merck. As we look at other classes, there are certainly others, and right now we have little over a half a dozen other opportunities around performance contracting and outcome contracting that we're working on right now. We're working with multiples at a time, and it's really about making sure we can find inside a particular class that pharma, like we found in Merck, that pharma that will step forward and put something different with us on the table. But you have to have a program, uh, really, that, that the ideal would be in a class where there are particular markers or particular lab results or measurements that would be able to show improvement. You know, this, the second piece to this is, as we look to implement these programs, it's what you're trying to accomplish. Is it specifically, one, about delivering better outcomes? Is it a contract about delivering same outcomes, but ensuring the most cost-efficient delivery of that outcome? For So, for example, if a drug entered a market or a drug expanded its use to a category that had other lower cost-effective products in that particular therapy class, what type of program could we run to ensure that the most cost-effective medication is used before the kind of more expensive one that entered at the same clinical outcome? But I think the most important component is really what are we looking to drive outcomes, what are the markers that we have inside of a class, and there are many, and how do we contract, how do we contract differently with the drug manufacturer to achieve the right result and not just about the volume of medication being dispensed
0: and also on the front of the you know sort of performance based measures and outcomes, do you see I, I assume you'll be measuring this and any idea when we might see some results or some measures of how well it's worked?
1: I think as we talked about earlier, Bruce one is is the base contract then there's an adherence or a medication possession ratio. Those, we will be able to get good indicators probably 90 days, as little as 90 days into the program to see what actions we're taking incremental to what we were taking before. What are we doing to drive higher medication possession? And that's an important piece, probably 90 days, 120 days. The time frame to begin to say, is that medical possession ratio and that improvement, is that driving better A1C outcomes, It's probably six months maybe nine months that we'd be able to really begin to tie off direct linkages and then ultimately the way we have set this contract is that it's an annual look back where you'd be able to see a real clear picture of what has been accomplished but we do have date points along the way where we'd be able to get different indicators of different pieces of the contract that it's actually delivering the results we're looking for. There have been other studies though Bruce I mean important to understand and to emphasize is there certainly has been other studies that proved that adherence on these medication delivers the right outcomes. You know, each 1% reduction, and it's not a study of ours. It's a study from United Kingdom Perspective Diabetes Study, UK PDS. This was in 2003, so this is not new technology. What we've done with it is new, but there's a study there that shows each 1% reduction in A1C associated with a 35% reduction in the risk of diabetic complications.
0: Well, with that, I'd like to thank Eric Elliott, who's been our guest. He is the president of Cigna Pharmacy Management, Cigna, one of the nation's largest health insurers, and they have an interesting program that they and other companies are beginning to develop that essentially tie what the insurer pays for drugs such as diabetes to how well their patients do. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.